Hello and welcome to 20 Tim Minutes, a podcast that focuses on mental health in a serious but yet humorous way. Listen as I interview a wide variety of guests where we show our support as well as sharing our own personal struggles and stories with mental health. I am your host, Tim McCarthy, and now it's time to talk about it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of 20 Tim Minutes. Today, I'm joined by a mental health advocate and motivational speaker based out in Los Angeles, California, Britt Turpak. Welcome, Britt. Oh, thank you so much, Tim. Thank you for taking the time out of this. So you're a very hardworking human, I've read and seen. You're a representative of the uh, NAMI West Side Los Angeles chapter. You do Ending the Silence presenter and peer-to-peer teacher with NAMI. Can you go over uh, your representation of the NAMI and what you do for them? Yeah, for sure. So NAMI is the nation's largest grassroots mental health organization. It's been around for over 40 years, so a very, very long time. And it's kind of set up like our government system. So there's NAMI National based out of Virginia, and then there's NAMI at the state level and local affiliates. So I'm affiliated with the West Side Los Angeles chapter. And there's over 600 affiliates across the country. And we're a small team of, I mean, six, seven, eight, if you're counting interns and whatnot. But we're doing, we're doing a lot of work in mental health education, awareness, and providing resources and support. Um, it's an incredible organization. And just one of my missions is to make NAMI a household name. Because the irony is I actually didn't find out about it until about two and a half years ago when I started getting involved uh, as one of the Ending the Silence presenters, which goes into local schools to help destigmatize this conversation around mental health. But yeah, we're doing, we're doing really incredible work. I'm really proud to be affiliated with such an amazing organization. Yeah, they really are. I think when I started getting into this, I looked up like mental health and they were like the first uh, company that I saw and I went, uh, down a deep dive on them. And like you said, there's different chapters and I follow the Massachusetts one um, on like Instagram and stuff. So I'm always sharing their stuff. Now, how did you link up with them? Like, how did you get started and why did you get started with them? That's such a good question. I, I got started, I'm 31 now. Um, but it was around my mid twenties when I had my, I guess you could say quote unquote rock bottom or maybe breakthrough moment. Awesome. At it. And prior to that, I was living with mental health conditions, but I was unaware of it and didn't have the education as to know what was going on. And that's, I think, the thing that's so challenging about mental health conditions is that it's not like when you break your arm, what do you do? You go get a cast and then that cast is your symbol to the world and your communities that you're hurt, but you're also healing. With mental health conditions, you can be like, five, eight, blonde, look, however, on the outside, and everyone's like, oh, you're fine. <laughs> yep. Um, and, and so that's what happened to me. And I didn't have this, like, one, one monumental moment. It was like a series of moments that looked like laziness on the outside, but was really me living with anxiety and depression to a point where it was debilitating me from going through my day, fulfilling adult responsibilities, and then cut to I'm 25 and I'm homeless living out of my car and couch surfing and barely having money in my checking account to buy gas or food. It was just one of those, like, how did I get here? Um, but to 
the long-winded answer. No, keep going. I started this project because I have really wonderful, I have an incredible mom, I have wonderful female role models in my life. And I started this, this blog and this podcast with a mission of redefining our female role models in society. So I ended up interviewing in like a year and a half, it was very ambitious, over 50 women on success, purpose, leadership, meaning, yada, yada, yada. And what I realized is that they all had this underlying self-acceptance and self-worth. Ironically enough, I didn't have that at the time. So I feel like it was like my life school moment, I guess you could say. And what I did was I went, I was like, I need to translate this to people. So I dug into my conversations and saw overlapping practices and accumulated a list of five five practices that all of these women were essentially doing. And I equated that with self-worth and, and then realized I need to teach this to people. And, you know, they say we teach that what we need the most, which is so true. And so I started calling schools in the LA area. I was like, I need to come speak to your students. Not just, not just girls and young women. Like it applied to everybody in my opinion. For sure. And it was so funny because having these schools, I don't know why they let me in. Like I didn't even have a PowerPoint. It's <laughs> like, I don't even have a well thought out presentation. But Who was this lady? <laughs> yes. I, I am very charismatic and I, and I know this, but I also am also very passionate and can, can get a crowd going. So that's what I did. And then in the midst of that, NAMI Westside found me and they were like, these are positive coping strategies in the mental health space. Would you come do mental health education with us? And I was like, sure, I guess, you know, like this very much in alignment. And it's one of those things, you know, I've been doing that for the last few years now, um, where you just see how your, your purpose, I believe, is always downloaded has always been downloaded within you since the day you're born, but it's kind of the journey and discovery process of figuring out what that is. And it just all makes sense now. That's awesome. It's so Um, good to see you um, translate that in such a low place and to what you're doing now. You you must reflect on that all the time. Like you are now just like you. It's so wild because the closest people in my life know that. Um, and then kids that I go in to give these presentations to know this, you know, like I've given now probably over 150 presentations with NAMI. Wow. But it's not something I talk about that frequently. Um, and so a comment I receive a lot because I have a very, like, in this journey, what I've learned is my mental health is my number one priority. So I'm very ruthless when it comes to me prioritizing that. I like that. Um, and I feel good so much of the time because it's all interconnected. Like my sleep, I don't drink. I, you know, occasionally I'll have a glass of wine, but I'm saying for the most part, I don't. You know, I eat really well. I exercise. I meditate. I do all of the things but it's because I feel so good. And people are like, you're always good. You're always happy. And I genuinely really am because I, when I wake up, I really remember those times when I just felt so lost or so displaced and really hopeless. And just being at the place where I am now where yes, there's so much to be done and so much work, but I'm so appreciative. I have a bed. I have a roof over my head. I look at the beach from my couch, you know, like I live in sun. I'm just 
So I come back to the state of appreciation. And so, yeah, I, it does translate because it gives you a lens of, um, a lens of appreciation and compassion that I personally don't think I would have had, had I not had certain experiences. Yeah. Rub it in with the uh, nice weather in the beach. That was, uh, that was nice. <laughs> oh, wow. That's uh, that'd be a good thing to wake up to every day. Now I, I had a tough time being proud of myself and I feel like you just touched on that a little bit. Do you feel awkward sometimes being like, I am proud of myself and saying that and sharing that? That's awesome because you are yeah. ruthlessly about it. <laughs> no, yeah, I don't. And it's because I take it so seriously and I put so much work into it and I'm proud of it. And somebody actually asked me that because so interesting, right before the global pandemic, it was almost like my life started to turn on in February of 2020. And awesome. so the timing of everything has been really interesting um, for me personally. And I'm not... I'm, very well aware this is a very challenging time and I'm not taking that away from anybody but I also just come back to I believe it's important when you have light to shine that because people need that oh 100% 100% and you're motivating that's what you're trying to do you're a great motivator you got me motivated looking at your uh, website your videos and everything. yeah no I was actually I was jacked up about this interview I was like I need some motivation so it's like a it's like a personal one-on-one I got with you so this is great I didn't even want the interview I just I just wanted the one-on-one motivation there you go. not even well, recording this it's <laughs> you're fine <laughs> awesome thank you very much thank you very much I wanted to back up a little bit because your analogy about the broken arm is exactly what I say to people and I, I don't know if you saw me I was like smiling ear to ear and I just wanted to jump in I was like I was like that's what I say I was like, I, I was like, I need a cast on my brain, but no one can see it. And it's like, you can't take a day off from work to say it. Well, you can, but you feel so awkward. It's right. like, you can take multiple days off for a broken leg and arm. And I always say that too. It's like, my arm can be cut off and I can be depressed and really bad about it, but I can survive. If right. my brain is off and dead, that's it. That's game over. So your brain is more important than an arm, which is sounds weird to say, but exactly. But it's just, you know, with a physical, with certain physical conditions, and I'm not saying all of them, there's typically a way or a few ways to fix the problem. The brain is so complex. And it's even like if you're dealing with five people who live with anxiety and depression, for example, there's so many things that feed into that in terms of like circumstances and trauma and this and that, where yep. it's going to manifest and look different on everybody. And with that being said, the recovery process is also different for everyone. It's not like there's a one size fits all answer. 100%. And so for me, you know, the acceptance of me needing help was really my first step in my recovery journey. Um, and then in, I also realized, and you talked about before we hopped on here, like sharing your story. I almost think it's not in a bad way selfish, but it's really healing when you do, when you are able to talk about it. To back up too is uh, you talked about um, women that influence you in life. Do you have uh, certain people that are on that list that uh, come to mind right off the jump? Oh my gosh, yes, there's definitely one. Her name is Angela Manuel Davis. She is a fitness instructor and she's more of like a fitness evangelist, I guess you could say. But it was my, it was really my therapy. She was working at Soul Cycle at the time. And um, 
she was the she was a really uh, influential person who provided a lot of a lot of insight for me and offered me a space to reflect and and learn and and also kind of like crack me open in a way that allowed for a lot of this healing process to happen. Yeah, I was reading a lot of your uh, information. You took a lot of uh, you took a lot of information from so many different types of people and, and took all that information because I was looking. I was like, oh, I wonder how she learned all this. And you were like, yep, just took everything from everybody and just put it into one. And you're a very original person in what you're doing and doing such a great job at it. So I think that's very cool. Well, thank you. And I appreciate you saying that. And the thing is, it's like anything that I talk about is not revolutionary. Like there's so many people who talk about it. <laughs> it's just my voice, you know, and my, my way that I share it. And I think it's kind of the case with anything. Um, but, and just putting your own spin on it. Now, a little bit I was reading too, you were trained in mindfulness-based reduction, MSBR. Can you explain that a little bit for people that don't really know that? Yeah, it's a mindfulness practice, mindfulness-based stress reduction. Um, mindfulness is really just coming back to the present moment. Um, kind of this idea of bringing your mind, body, heart all back in, back into the same space. And it's not necessarily about eliminating thoughts and, and you know, getting rid of all thoughts. It's just about slowing, slowing everything down and bringing your awareness into the now whether that's in a meditation practice or even in conversation with somebody or even being so aware of when you're taking a sip of your water. Um, and it's definitely something that I incorporate a lot into my, my presentation, NAMI, my presentations in corporate spaces. It's been a big part of my healing journey and recovery. So how do you, help somebody do that because personally like i have a tough time living in the moment and i'm always worried about the future and i regret some of the past i've done but it's like everything in my head and that's something i would definitely like need to do try to do through an active practice i have a very active meditation practice and i encourage people you know it can be daunting and overwhelming this idea of like sitting down in stillness with mantra or candle or guided meditation for like 20 minutes like oh my (laughs) but i would say start with a minute you know like get into the habit of the consistency of doing it every single day maybe at the same time hand on heart hand on stomach and breathing for 60 seconds and then once you do that maybe sitting down and trying trying five minutes and just the practice of that and knowing showing up every single day is going to look different and again it's not about eliminating all thoughts it's just about if it's up here maybe bringing it down down to here and just being an acknowledgement of where you're at today hi marta my cleaning ladies oh nice hello marta hi marta she's shaking her head at me (laughs) i've seen i've seen her on your instagram story i like how you said 20 minutes with uh, meditation yes 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 yeah (laughs) i've definitely wanted to try to get into meditation but with my adhd i definitely get nervous that's like exactly what i uh you explained and I always forget to breathe and breathing is such a huge part. Like I'll be driving and I don't realize it. And then I'll take like that deep breath. I'm like, I didn't breathe for a while. Listen, I, I'm like pretty sure this is an accurate statement, but nobody, nobody quote me on this completely. Um, 
we see, <laughs> I talk about this, but you know, I'm not a licensed F- PS. I'm not a licensed therapist or anything. And that's something that I typically always start out with. I am an expert in my own lived experience. So just like forewarning people. Perfect. Um, I was going to do that at the, uh, I probably have this at the beginning of the episode because I'm the same way. I'm like, don't yes, take I'm exactly. Like, yeah, I'm like, I have my lived experience. Um, what I was going to say is as, as of what I know, there's no science behind the length of time that one meditates, but there is science behind the consistency of it. So that's what I'm saying. Even if you sit down and do it for a minute every single day, you'll see the benefits of it, the positive benefits of it, as opposed to just sitting down for like an hour on like a Saturday and deciding to do it, um, right. which I believe, I believe consistency builds character anyways. And it builds with, with, we get benefits of so many things with repetition um practice makes perfect right 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 i'm big into repetition because yeah like um rome wasn't built in a day they say right right yeah so you got to get that short step so i'm going to take that into consideration um i do like that um what was i going to say here uh to move on a little bit um your endurance cycle i was reading about that can you explain that a little bit there's three things it's alignment expansion and movement so basically my endurance cycle is what I talk about in corporate settings and it's, it's, they're essentially all mindfulness practices. And so what I do is I talk about the importance of creating a morning routine and which are also practices you can practice throughout your day to bring you back into the now, back into the present alignment, bringing your mind, body, heart, all back into the same room, the same space, not worrying about the past, not worrying about the future through, through breathing exercises, through meditation. Number one, two, expansion. Expansion is this idea of perspective for me. It's, it's choosing to see things happening for you as moments of opportunity for expansion as, as teachers. So not, not this idea of feeling good all the time, because that's not realistic, but seeing good and bad as a learning opportunity um, and seeing how opportunities can expand you and doing that through a pause. So like pausing moment of reflection, seeing how something is teaching you, expanding you, making you a better version of yourself mm-hmm. and choosing, choosing to see things in that frame. Of mind and then third is movement and it can be physical exercise which i so believe in i i mean a fitness instructor was my place of healing and my mentor so that's been very influential in a positive way in my life but also you know if you don't have the opportunity to exercise for 30 minutes even putting in earphones and dancing to a song moving your body Mm-hmm. Like when your body's stagnant, moving it out of the space that it's in also moves your mind, body, and heart. Um, and so I'm just a big advocate of dance, walking, yoga, anything to get you out of spaces that you're in. Yeah, body motion stays in motion. I'm huge yeah. into uh, staying active because um, if you're going to sit on the couch all day, you're going to be a stick in the mud and it's so hard to get you motivated when you, especially when you're trying to motivate yourself, that's like one of the hardest things to do. So I'm a big proponent in that as well. I do love to dance. Uh, Me and my wife love weddings and we just love cutting a rug. And now that like, you know what I mean? I love it. I love it. And uh, it stinks with the whole, um, the COVID thing going on because like, there's no places to like dance because you got to be six feet in your living room. Oh no, we do. We do. (laughs) 
we jam out. Uh, now the the endurance cycle is that something you put together with everything that you yeah. learned? That's awesome. I like your little your little thing. Yeah, those are three of the initial five things that I found from that project. That's awesome. I know what I was going to ask too, and this is something that has always intrigued me to figure out, especially with motivational speakers. Have you tried to motivate somebody that didn't work? And if so, how does that make you feel? And how do you get out of that? Or are you just flawless in the motivation game? (laughs) You just have to remember you're not responsible for anybody. Yeah. Like you show up, you do what you're called to do. And then whether or not somebody takes action on that, like you're not going to make everybody happy. Yes. In this case, you're not going to motivate everyone. Um. And just letting go. For sure. Does that make you feel like any certain way if you know that you don't motivate somebody? Because that would bum me out. I try to like when I try to motivate somebody in my amateur ways, I'm like, ugh. No, because I mean, I haven't always had this answer. So I used to be like super people pleaser. Same. I'm the same but, way. But it's been a journey and something I'm constantly working on. But no. I would be the opposite because I try to please everybody and I get so defeated. But then again, I'm at to the point I'm trying not to care what other people think. And that was like one of the biggest lies I've ever told myself. I was like, yeah, I don't care what anyone thinks. And in my head, I'm like, I care what everyone is saying about me in their head right now. I have, I've been in that place. It is awful. But now that I'm 35, I'm like, yeah, forget it. Who cares? I get too much to do. So wild. I turned 31 in November and I was like, I've never felt better. I've never felt younger. Yeah, I know, right? The 30s are sweet. So here's a funny story. So Marta is trying to set me up. I'm single. Um, Marta is trying to set me up with two of of her clients. One who is a friend of mine who lives upstairs. And then the other one is this guy who I don't know, but she sees him on Wednesdays. And so she was telling him about me. And she told him I was 21, which A, I was flattered. I was flattered. Don't you can pass for 21. You think I'm 21? Okay. But also he was like, no, I'm not interested in dating a 21 year old. <laughs> oh, wow. Swing and a miss, Marta. Yeah. But, but I couldn't be mad when she told me that. I was like, okay. Marta, matchmaker, house yeah. cleaner and matchmaker. I love That's that. Awesome. She's the best. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you, you, you're big into yoga too. And that was one of the first yeah. things I got into physically. Like I was a little bit overweight and I, and I could tell that I was, uh, I was just like, just, I felt like a, like a human bagel bite. I just felt melted and gross. <laughs> I was just like, Ugh. so I, I love yoga too. Cause I'm a short guy. So when I stretch, I'm like, I feel like I'm an inch taller now. Like yeah. I feel great. And it's good. You got to take care of your back. Um, you got to take care of your body, your joints, everything. Um, and I, in your YouTube videos, you, you're doing the crisscross applesauce and you just look so, <laughs> so proper and your, your posture is like perfect. I, my posture is in the middle, but how long you've been doing yoga and how, like, do you, do you practice that for other people? You suggest that? I do. I teach it as well. Awesome. Um, yes, I see it as a moving meditation for me. It's not 100%. So physical. It's more of the mental space that it puts me in. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm getting her on the podcast next. <laughs> I'm telling you, she will boost any ratings that you have. Like oh, 100 percent story. Just I've never I don't get I've never received so much feedback in my life. Um 
I'm going to start a Marches fan page. Um, Please do. I'm going to, I want to be the, uh, the chairman. <laughs> he <her> head at me. <laughs> he loves it. Um, <laughs> sorry, you were asking me a serious question. Oh, um, no. I, if you listen to any of my episodes, if any of your fans listen to my podcast, I don't take anything serious. Uh, so this is, <laughs> this is perfect. Like, obviously I take mental health serious, but I do it in right. a way that I need to joke about it because right. I'm not a professional. And I think professionals are good and you should seek a professional right but i'm just some random dude that's like yeah i got depression like come on right. for the ride oh my gosh i need to put you in contact with i have somebody i'm going to put you in contact with excited excited yeah. don't tell me who it is just tell them to I'm randomly not. call me suicide prevention speaker but also a comedian so funny he's kind of a mentor he is a mentor figure of mine not kind of he is in in the speaking space yeah, tell them to call me at like weird hours of the day. I'll answer. Yeah, I will. I feel like you would get along well. Yeah, I'm yeah. I'm always looking for new people to chat with, and I know backing up, you helped so many women. And I feel like it's like an eighty twenty uh, split of women being more open about mental health than men. I have like a tough time finding other men uh, that open up about mental pod, uh, mental health. And I feel like it's, it, it is a stigma with men as well, where it's uh, like, you got to keep that tough guy image or like man up all that stuff. Also, I feel like that's more so you're in Boston, aren't you? Yep. I feel like that's even more so an East coast thing. Yes. People from like Boston. New York, yes. New York, Boston, that whole. Yeah. They're, People out here are very aggressive. They don't yeah. let their guard down. Anything that you see. What? Yeah, yeah. If you've seen any uh like Boston movie, uh like on that, it's it's accurate in a way. Usually the actors' accents aren't that good. I try to bring back my accent because I feel like I sound so stupid when I compare it to other people. Wait, let's hear it. Um, I feel, see, I don't know any like sayings. I hate when people say park the car and Harvard yard because you can't, that was going to be the water. Yeah. Everyone loves that, but you can't park your car in Harvard yard. So it's, it doesn't make any sense. And we like, well, like, oh, stop it. Shut up. People love, uh, like, it's funny because, um, people come to Boston. It, it's a great city. It's like one of the oldest cities that they, they have like the oldest bars. It's, it's definitely, definitely come up, come out to Massachusetts, bring Marta. I'll show you guys around. We'll have a blast. Well, have an yeah, absolute best. Yeah, exactly. She typically it, does Vegas at Christmas, but maybe I can like get her to. I will go out to Vegas with her. Me and my wife want to go to Vegas so bad. Does she play blackjack? What does she play? She played blackjack. Wait, come here. Come get here. over here. I will talk. I will talk her. casinos all day. <laughs> get her over here. She's coming. All right, Marta. Marta, what yeah. is going on? My name's Tim McCarthy, 20 Tim Minutes. What's going on? How I love that mask. It's a good mask. That's a beautiful mask. What do you what do you play in Vegas? What what games do you play? Uh is um Korean player. Uh is uh Pai Gao. Pai Gao? Yeah. That that game uh scares me because I don't know how to play and I want to jump into it, but I don't know. You might have to teach me. For, for Texas Hold'em? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one, too. I do Blackjack 21. That's that's the easiest because I can't count past 21. <laughs> Perfect. We're going to Vegas on Christmas. I'm bringing my wife, and we're going to win a million. Merry Christmas, yeah. Yeah, well, we'll have a very Merry Christmas. <laughs> oh, she rocks. Wait, say bye. Come here. Say bye. Bye. Bye.
have a good one. <laughs> People are going to be so confused that aren't watching this video. <laughs> and I love that. Absolutely love that. So yeah, back to Boston. Um, like they have like those like shirts in town that are definitely for tourists. Like there's one the people that like say like wicked pissa. Like we don't, oh. I don't, I don't really, I don't say pissa a lot. Maybe not in those two two ways. It's like I say wicked for everything. It's like I think yeah. you guys say hella. I think that's a northern California thing. Oh, okay. I really don't. Use okay. That. California is too big of a state. So I yes. mean, everyone's like different. Okay. Okay. And um, I d- you're a Dunkin' Donuts fan. Do you call it anything else besides Dunkin' Donuts? Dunkin'? Okay. We call it Dunks out here. Oh, okay. I had, I had an interview with a, with a buddy uh, on another podcast, The Soba Highway. And he's like, do you call it Dunks or Dunkies? And I like had to think. I was like, oh, we definitely call it Dunks. Yeah. Okay. Here's the thing, though. It's not big in LA. It's not popular. I'm just... It's a nostalgic thing for me. So funny enough, uh, I grew up in a town called Quincy, Massachusetts, where um, like John Quincy Adams was born, all that stuff. The original Dunkin' Donuts is from Quincy, Massachusetts. So there's That's a fun cool. fact. So you can tell people like I talked to 20 Tim Minutes and his town city is the original Dunks. Oh, but I also hate Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> I don't like Dunkin' Donuts at all. Okay, their coffee is too watery. It is, but the iced coffee is still good. Yeah, I drink iced coffee year-round, and I think it's weird that people call you out for that. I'm like, do you drink warm water in the winter? Like, what are you talking like, I can't drink an ice-cold coffee? Yeah, no. I, yes. It's very refreshing. It is. I do mine black, though. I don't I don't put anything in it. I, I sometimes do a black, too. It's, a, it's the only way I can drink it. I can't do milk, can't do sugar, um, yeah. and all that. I love getting... I love getting derailed in, in interviews with people because it's my favorite thing. That's when I can, it's when I shine. It's when I have to ask the professional questions. I'm like, don't mess it up. Like I did earlier. You asked, I, I asked the question. You're like, yeah, that has nothing to do with that. I just said, I was like, damn it. <laughs> thanks for, thanks for not judging. Um, so the NAMI, I keep saying NAMI like an idiot. Uh, the NAMI, uh, talk about, talk about their free mental health programming in the, uh, in the, uh, um, what am I trying to say? The, uh, not the payment yeah, way. They're free, they're free mental health programming. Um, in in my work with NAMI, I teach a peer-to-peer class, but in addition to which is an eight-week curriculum on basically mental health basics, positive coping strategies. There is a curriculum that's a national curriculum that we follow. There's also a family-to-family class, which is eight weeks for um, people who have loved ones with mental health conditions. And then in addition to those two, we have peer-to-peer support groups, which are weekly check-in support groups, which are happening all week long that people can pop into, even if it's just for one week here or there, and family-to-family support groups. And what's so great is since COVID, we've gone virtual, and all of these resources are free. They are virtual, so you don't have to be on the west side here of LA. And even when we go back to an in-person setting for these for these classes and emotional support groups, we're still going to maintain our virtual uh, options because they're doing so well. And that's awesome. And you can reach them. Or what is it? Uh, NAMI.org? Is that, is that um, their website? NAMI, NAMI.org for the national, but for the NAMI West Side programming, NAMILA.org. Dot org. So I love when businesses keep it simple with websites and yes, like, I'm good. They don't have the uh, whole name of uh, yeah. their acronym. Not me, Los Angeles, just not me, LA.org. Yeah. 
And I'm always, I'm always misspelling things. I've texted you through Instagram and I think every sentence I've had one word that. No, it's okay. <laughs> My autocorrect does that perpetually with everybody I text. So I'm just like, sometimes inappropriate things come out and I'm like, oh God, sorry. It's like when uh, it, it does ducking and I'm like, <laughs> I'm like that they're spelling it wrong. I was like, is that even a word? But then you realize like ducking is an actual word. And yes, you're like, I'm an yes. idiot. <laughs> yeah. I've been there. I've had that thought. It's so funny. So yeah, you do your rep for NAMI Westside LA, peer-to-peer teacher, ending the silence. It, it is just remarkable how much you put into it. Like, what do you do in between? Like, what is, like, what do you do for fun? Like, obviously this is fun. I'm not saying it's not. Let me reword that. What are other things that you do for fun? I love being outside. So I love going on hikes. I do that a couple times a week. There's a mountain I like to go to. What's the name of the mountain? Um, Oh, come on. I that to myself because it's a lot of locals. And oh, okay. Yeah. I like that. Oh, a nice, nice little secret. secret place. Yeah. Um, Set up an appointment with Britt and then she'll tell you where it is. Yes, exactly. <laughs> my hourly and then I'll tell you. Yep, yeah, that's the bonus <laughs> material. Um, let's see. A lot of outdoor activities. I love to play tennis. I actually started taking up tennis lessons during COVID and I've been loving that. So anything active and anything outside. I played tennis. I played tennis once and I can't hit it to make it bounce. I always hit it like a baseball and it like goes over the fence and I can't figure out how to like hit it to the next bouncer. It's not even always about hitting it so hard. I know, but I just want to like just Andre Agassi it. Like just, I just love, I love the big, like, like spike at the top. Those are always my favorite. Working my forehand and backhand are good. I'm, I'll give myself that. My serve needs work. My feel, slice is terrible, awful. I did, decent, I did decent on serving. The, for, the forehand, I'm hitting too hard, and the backhand always like ricochets right out of bounds. But Are you a double backhand? No, I try to be fancy. Okay. I, I go one double backhand over the shoulder. Nice, nice. Yeah. I love, I'm not a huge tennis guy, but I love seeing the highlights of it. When like, I love the fake out when they try to go in it, and they just give yeah. it a little tap. Yeah, I'm more of a ping pong guy. I think it's because it. that's cool. I like that. I'm, uh, I think it's my short stature, so I can just <laughs> keep with it. It's like mini tennis. It's, How about finesse? That takes a lot of finesse. It really does. I'm, I'm getting down the uh, the curving it when you yeah. hold it upside down and you kind of give it a wrist wrist hit. Yeah. I went to my buddy's house and uh, he had a ping pong uh, table and I haven't played in a while. Went in there, beat him in his own home, home court. He was not happy. He was not happy whatsoever. <laughs> so funny. Um, yeah, it's been a pleasure speaking with you. Uh, you've definitely started my day very well. It is It is almost two o'clock here. Um, and you got my day going. This is great. I got, I got a nice... Happy because one of the things that I'm going to have one day is a morning show. I don't know what that looks like, but I just feel like that's very appropriate for me. So... Oh yeah, talk about your podcast real quick. What is what what is the name and It's called Dancing in the Gray. Ooh, that's re- I love that. Yes. Gray's my favorite great. color. Well, it's about these uncertainties in life. It's not released yet. I've just started uh recording. It'll be released in May, which is Mental Health Awareness Month. Yep. Um and and talking about these gray areas in in life instead of this certainty black and white idea that so many of us have. The reason I love gray because it represents my bipolar. I feel like 
It's not, yeah. not too much white, not too much black. Right. It's just perfect. That middle area. It's perfect. I like that a lot. Um, so I usually like to end our episodes with some fun things. Okay. So let's start with, I always, cause I'm a huge music person. I feel like you are too. Right. I always uh, do on my shows. I do a music suggestion and a movie suggestion for people to check out. And sometimes they don't, but sometimes they do. And they let me know. So who would you, or what song album band would you recommend people to check out that you like? That's such a great question. I'm just going to answer with what I was listening to this morning. Awesome. So I was on, um, a Pharrell happy kick yesterday. Yep. And then I think the album is Girl. Is that what the album is? I think so. I like Pharrell a lot, but I'm not good with names of albums or anything. I'm not either. But Gust of Wind on that album is so good. Such such a good beat in the morning. Like, it's what I was moving and grooving to it all morning long prior prior to seeing you. I'm definitely going to use that for right after this because I need to finish up cleaning. It's not... Just keep a little pep in your step. It makes you walk with a little swag. Do you know Just what I mean? You're moving like, your shoulders a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. H- high like, stepping. Yes, yes, yes. And you like kind of embody that Pharrell feeling because he's just so cool. So you're like, oh, yeah. What? Huh? Check out the song uh, by Pharrell called Lemon. That's one of the jams me yes, and my wife yes, like. Yes, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So that's good. it. And there's one with, uh, there's a remix, I think, with Drake and Rihanna. Okay. Um, that, that's a great one too. Now, what would be your go-to movie suggestion? If you have a favorite movie or do you just have a suggestion, you can do both if you want. So I'm a big fan of Goldie Hawn. She's my favorite and house sitter is probably my favorite movie. It's an oldie, but so good. But if we want to talk about something right now, it's a TV show. It's called, well, actually two. Shit's Creek was my favorite. My wife loves that show. Shit's and I, I'm re-watching it just because I've enjoyed it so much. But I'm also watching on Netflix Call My Agent, which is a French comedy, subtitles. If you don't mind, if you don't mind that, fantastic. I think my wife might watch that too. I always make fun of her when she plays Shit's Creek because we have opposite schedules and I'll be sleeping and then I'll hear that theme song and I'm always like Burp. I always just do that turn. I drive her nuts. Yeah. I don't. I don't watch it. I don't really watch much TV anymore. I always watch like the stuff I've already seen because it t- yeah. takes a lot for me to get stuff uh, new. But every time I sit with her, it's hysterical. It's uh, so fun. That is great, and I feel like blondes stick together with Goldie Hawn because my mom is a huge Goldie Hawn fan. <laughs> it, it really is that yeah. she is up there for uh, for you guys. And then also, I asked you. To think of three grateful things, th- three things that you're grateful for, but kind of out of the box because I feel like we're grateful for life, family, right. everything in between. So, do you have like three out of the box or ridiculous things that you're grateful for? And then I'm going to judge you hard on it. Okay. <laughs> so, I don't know if this is, I'm genuinely, I think you wanted, you know, out of the box, which is not these sunflowers that I'm looking at this entire time. My mom is obsessed with sunflowers straight up. So she doesn't have you. I got to link you up with my mom. So, um, <laughs> so she, yeah. Flowers. So Goldie Hawn fan club with sunflowers. That's like a new, that'll be you guys rap name. Sunflowers yes. and Han. Sunflowers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. You can use it. So I, funny enough, my mom's never had a tattoo. So we went up to get a tattoo from our friend and she wanted to, um, a sunflower and she wore like a sunflower dress too it's like wearing the band t-shirt of the one you're seeing yes, i'm like you can't yes, do that yes. so she got one on her back and what i didn't tell her was i was gonna get the same one 
So I, she got it in color and I got a matching one in black and white on my ankles. Yeah. So it's, uh, yeah. that's, uh, that is so fun. Goldie Hawn and Sunflowers. I'm like, is, am I talking to my mom right now? Uh, yes. I mean, <laughs> it happens. That I'm is also grateful for these nails. I never get long nails and it, it's a recent addition as of two weeks ago. And my alter ego, I don't really know. I'm still discovering her, but it really feels like she's coming out. So <clears throat> grateful for that. What color are those? Are those like a dark blue? Oh, they should be up black. Oh, yes, yes. What is Marta. Does Marta have nice nails? For Marta. Say again? I'm grateful for Marta. Oh, you did three great ones, all right? Up you here? nailed it. She's not. She's busy. She's busy. Yeah, she's... She, what is she doing over like, there? She, she's hitting my chair. I don't yeah, know. She's, had, she's had enough with it. She's like, forget this thing. Selling at me. I love I love a good nail on uh on somebody because I love colors and I love women's fashion. Like I love me and my wife go get like pedicures together and I'm always oh, like picking out. That. Oh, pedicure. Like if you don't get pedicures, male or female, start getting them. They're yeah, great. They are great. And the gross foot is just not appealing on anybody. It is not. Like they're yeah. baby smooth now. I like my feet feel just great walking barefoot, but then you gotta keep doing it. So yeah, I get it. I totally get it. So Britt. Thank you for taking the time out of your busy day because I know how busy it is after talking to you with today and it means so much to me. And I want to say you're doing such a great job and I'm proud of you for not even knowing you and you, you do so much and you're changing lives and that's so awesome. And I'm glad to meet someone like you. So Britt Turpak, let's tell everybody where they can find you, um, locate you. Can you. Me, you can follow me at, at on Instagram, meet, M-E-E-T. Brit B R I T T. Perfect. So meet Brit. My my website is meetbrit.com. Easy enough. Easy enough. And those are the two main things. And then you'll start to hear about the podcast from my Instagram. Follow the Insta stories. It gets wild. Marta makes so many guest appearances. My nail guy, Kevin, is like, he's next level too. It's just, it's fun. We have a lot of fun. Always awesome. Fun. Yeah. I, I, um, when I followed you, I was, I was liking the stories. I love a good story. I feel like I post more stories on my end, but they're, they're not as entertaining. They're kind of just dumb stuff. No. But, all right. I, I appreciate oh, it. said local stories. <laughs> Crazy stories. Can, can she say 20, 10 minutes? Is it, is it siente? No. How do you say 20? Vente. Vente. Yeah. Vente Timoteo. She's Can got a say 20 Tim minutes. So Vente. 20 minutos. 20 Mateo. Right? 20 minutos. 20 Mateo. Timoteo. Okay. All right. You might have to write that out. Perfect. Thank you, Marta. I love Marta. I love you so much. <laughs> I think we should just start a show with you, me, and Marta. A hundred percent. hundred percent. No, me, you, me, you, Marta, and my mom. I feel like that'd be a great name. Me, you, Marta, and my mom is just the name of the podcast. Is that what we should do? I feel like we should just do that. I would I would love it. Um, so I say this to everybody, and I don't say it in a weird way, because I I say it to my, my listeners all the time, because I, the reason I say it is because you never know uh, just in case something happens, if it was the last time you heard from me, but I love you. And I'm so glad that you're doing so well. Um, Likewise. yeah, I always got to preach. We got to love one another. It's not the same as me loving my wife, but I, I love everybody that I meet, uh, especially positive people with the mental health game. So if anything ever happened to me, which it's not gonna, I'm going to, I'm going to go a long time, but I, I always wanted someone to hear that last. 
So I always let people know that, that I, I care for them. And I, and I wish you nothing but the best positive vibes for you and whoever your future boyfriend, um, when Marta finds them, you better have Marta be the justice of the peace. <laughs> Marta, justice she of the peace. Too old. She was like, you're too old. You no, you should not be single. <laughs> so Britt, thank you so much again. I really appreciate it. And you have yourself a great week and weekend in life. Thank you. I don't have my, co- wait, hold on. All right. I'm, I'm waiting. Like I always say. Get your coffee. Get your day. Yes, I'm into that. I actually have to go finish my coffee now. Thank you for finish reminding your coffee, me. Finish your day. Perfect. We we are nailing this whole thing. We are nailing this. Have a great day. Bye. This podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. If you are feeling suicidal, please dial 911.